I can say confidently that the advice and help I was given before Nacho Academy was hot garbage (laughs) (laughs) and useless and just degrading. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. David, this whole COVID thing has really messed people up. Mm -hmm. And continues to. On our coaching call last night, we discussed that a little bit and how it's just thrown everybody out of sorts, put people on edge and made us more aware of the things that everybody around us does that annoy us. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned several things that I do that annoy you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, ugh. Yeah, you don't get a break from people as much as you used to. And poor people with kids at home, well, like us. Could you imagine if all the kids were here? Mm, I mean, I remember what it was like during the summer. And it's like, oh my gosh, school, please hurry up and get back. <laughs> now school's back in and they're still home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those people with, with bunches of kids like we got <laughs> that are in school, man. Well, and two... When I'm doing stuff from home, I have to make sure that if I'm recording that the dog's quiet or that my son's not riding the dirt bike and things like that. And the same for when you're recording and it's stressful Mm -hmm. because you'll hear, shut up, (laughs) hollering at the dog. I I was going to say, make sure you clarify who we're hollering at. Uh, The crazy rescue dog. Yeah. Well, the other one can be a mouthy too. But yeah, it's usually the rescue dog. And it's usually your son that's got them all barking and going crazy. That is not true. (laughs) It's your daddy coming up here unannounced. Yeah, it's that too. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome to being near family. It's funny though, because we're complaining about not being around other people, but when other people come over, we complain. (laughs) Yeah, we do, don't we? (laughs) Like, do they not know we're working? Mm -hmm. I know. We talked about getting like a big sign to put in the yard, like, don't ring the doorbell. Don't knock on the door. No visitors between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. If you weren't invited, turn around and go back home. You know, it is amazing, though, and I wonder how many people experience this. Like, you start having people come over between working hours, and it's like, look, I know I'm home now, but I am working from home. Don't bother me. Mm-hmm. They what? think everybody's on vacation. I know. It's like all kind of people come popping up in your house. I'm like, geez. Yeah, but it's caused a lot of stress, especially with blended families where the bio parent is still able to work outside the home and the stepmom is having to work from the home while the kids are there. Mm -hmm. But they have created things to help families with that, like churches have created... Yeah, the learning pods. Yes, learning pods. That's the word I was looking for, where the kids can go and bring their Chromebooks and do their schoolwork and have somebody help them if they need help, not teachers. Mm-hmm. Kind of volunteers or just adults <laughs> that feel in their heart that they want to spend time with these kids. Yeah. It's because they don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, there are things that people are trying to do to help with that because everybody's so stressed out. Yeah. It's great, mm, great. Yep. Hopefully things will get better. Things will always get better. You know, one thing, you know, when you start looking at the positive side of things, though, is it definitely gives you... Lots of opportunity to learn, to see things differently, to reframe your thinking, to find new ways to cope with craziness that's happening around you. 
So so now I can write a book, A Million and One Ways to Nacho. Yeah. So don't just complain about it. See what your options are to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And please do not duct tape your child's mouth or your husband's mouth. <laughs> yeah. Use that uh, painter's tape. It doesn't hurt when you no, take, take it off. Don't don't put tape on anybody's <laughs> mouth. That's ugly. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about our guest today. Okay. Noel. 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 Uh, it's almost that time of year, ain't it? It is. Your it's sister almost, thinks it is. Yeah, she's crazy like that. Like, let's start Christmas the day after Halloween. Actually, that's when they actually started kind of now, ain't it? Christmas stuff was in Home Depot today. Oh, my gosh. You didn't see it? Where no. all the summer stuff normally is? No, I saw the the Halloween stuff. Yeah, but further down was Christmas trees. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. No, well. All right, David, stop. <laughs> Noel's been blending for three years. Oh, Noel, not Noel. Gotcha. Whatever. <laughs> all right, blending for three years. Stepdaughters, 13, 11, and 6. Stepson, 10. Okay. Bio daughter twelve and bio son and bio daughter ten. Seven? Seven. Ooh goodness. Yeah, so needless to say, Noel did like a lot of stepmoms and came in to the blend, stepping into the mother role. Mm-hmm. But she started having issues when the kids would follow her around and scream at her all the time. And <laughs> do what? Yeah. Just follow her around and scream at her. Yeah. We talk about it in the podcast, in the interview. Yeah, I remember. I'm playing dumb. Yeah. (laughs) And basically, this led to Noelle having a mental breakdown. Mm -hmm. Noelle was at the point we were at in the blend. Mm. It's a bad place to be. She was about as done as done could be. Mm -hmm. Until she found the Nacho Kids Academy. That's true, which I was kind of shocked at her answer. And you'll, you'll hear it. Yes. In the interview, but I, it kind of blew me away. But anyway. Yes. you have to listen. She was shocked. I know. Yeah. That whole conversation was like picking my job off the table. I'm just thankful because I knew when I first talked to her about her joining the academy and whether or not she should and how long it would take and all this stuff. And I remember thinking, I really hope that we can help her mm-hmm. and that she's willing to put the work in. Yep. Because we can tell you all day long what you need to do, but if you don't do it, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. That's like you can join Jenny Craig, <laughs> but if you eat those little lemon cake things, it's not going to help you. You know I ate a lemon cake before we started this. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So it's like somebody asked me one time, I was like, does the Nacho Kids Academy work? And my response to them was, the question is, do you work? Right. Because the method works, but if you're not going to work, then it's not going to happen for you. Right. You have to put in the effort. Yep. And it's not easy, but it is so worth it. And it becomes a way of life and lowers your stress in every aspect, not mm-hmm. just the blend. Yep. So I do have to say Noelle is <laughs> quite entertaining. <laughs> she is. I love it when when her and her hubby show up on the coaching calls because she just, she has this humor about her. <laughs> And I don't know if it's similar to mine or what. I don't know why it it trips me out so much, but she is. Because she'll say something, It's and if you don't catch it, because she's serious. She doesn't change her her tone, her facial expression, or nothing. And she's talking about something serious, and then she throws in a joke and keeps going. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did she just say? 
<laughs> and in the interview, she's not as lively as she is on the Q&A calls because she was nervous. Yeah. Which we understand. Yeah. It's a big thing. We told her not to be. I mean, you're on a worldwide show. Yeah. You on the Nacho Kids podcast. <laughs> what are you laughing at? It just somehow it reminded me of Wolfman Jack when you did that. <laughs> <laughs> and how many people do you think know who Wolfman Jack is? This is Wolfman Jack coming to you live. Okay, say the Nacho Kids Academy. This so. is the Nacho Kids Academy. This is Wolfman Jack. <laughs> <laughs> some of y'all going, some of y'all look him up. He's a big, big time DJ in the 70s. Wolfman Jack. <laughs> And let's see, you were born in the 70s. 71. Yep. So, so you was, remember him from being like eight years old? Yes, I remember him when I was eight years old. <laughs> Wolfman Jack. Because I'd be listening to the radio at night. Everybody listening to Wolfman Jack. I was like, man, take out the eight track. Listen to Wolfman Jack. I guess he's dead. I don't know. But yeah, he, you know, his show came on late. So it was like 10 o'clock. It's like, I got to stay up late and hear Wolfman Jack. I'm surprised your mama let you listen to stuff that late. I know. That's when I got introduced to. Rock and roll. Oh, that's when your mama got mad. <laughs> Turn that music off. Turn that devil music off. You're going to hell. All right. So let's get to listening. All right. And we'll chat some more afterwards. All right. Cool. So let's hear a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have Stepmom Noel. Hey, Stepmom Noel, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> you start laughing right off the bat. This ought to be fun. <laughs> I can't help it. Oh, God, it's snorted. Oh, God. Carry on. All right. We can do this. So no one else like, oh, I'm on the podcast. I'm on the podcast. <laughs> no, it's more like I'm going on the podcast. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I'm going to throw up and swear. So, <laughs> Good times had by all. You've been walking around all day long just dreading this moment. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, at That's least okay. you're honest. <laughs> That's okay. It'll be fine. We're just going to have a conversation. All right. Okay. So you've been blending how many years? Three years. Correct. Woo. You got that answer right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is a test? Oh, man, I quit. <laughs> how many stepkids do you have? I have four. Mm. They are 13, 11, 10, and 6. Holy moly. And how many bio kids? I have three. They're... What were you thinking? <laughs> 12, 10, and 10. So you've got twins in there. Oh, yeah. I heard a story that you like broke a world record for your twins or something. I did. <laughs> I had the biggest twins in the hospital history and possibly not in the world. I know that for sure, but darn close. They were nine pounds each. Oh, Lord. <laughs> wow. Did you go full term? No, I was actually three weeks early. Ooh, if you'd have kept them in there, they'd been 11. I know. That's why they took them, because they were out of space. I couldn't create any more space for them. <laughs> and they were going to start pushing on each other's uh, or on their own umbilical cords and die. So <laughs> they had to take them early. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of scary. Yeah, it was pretty awful. All right. So you don't have any hours, kids, right? No. Okay. That shop is closed. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have 
the stepkids how often? Um, during the school year, all the time. I mean, they're nine days off or nine days on, five days off. So most of the school year we have them. And then during the summer, they are with their mom, except for a couple of weeks when we have them. Okay. And what about and what about your kids? Um, I have them all the time. Their dad takes them usually on holidays sometimes and during the summer for a week or two. Okay. Do the exes live pretty close to you or no? Um, his ex lives uncomfortably close. So like within 10 minutes, my ex lives very far away. He's like in another state. So that's kind of nice. When she said uncomfortably close, I was thinking, okay, she's going to say she's upstairs. (laughs) You're not wrong. If she lived that close, she wouldn't be living anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We've heard some wild stories. Yeah. (laughs) They are all true. Never say never, girl. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about you and, uh. Your husband, you met. How did y'all meet? We met on the internet. What? Like any good love story. <laughs> of course. That's how me and Lori met. Shh, David, don't tell people that. She was looking for a hookup. <laughs> Stop, David. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we all? But we got married instead. I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> they owe you a refund. I know. Right? Well, when we, we started dating, I didn't start dating with, with marriage in mind necessarily. It was more just to get out of the frame of mind of being previously married and just kind of accept that I'm like out there and single again. Mm -hmm. And we, we talked on the phone and the FaceTime and then he drove all the way to my state to come and take me on a date. And on that date, I knew the second I saw him, I was going to marry him. (laughs) And he knew because I told him. (laughs) And I would have ran. <laughs> and four months later, we were married. Holy cow. And we, um, I didn't get to live with him right away because my ex in our divorce, we hadn't def- decided on custody, but I did have him sign something when I met my husband that said that if I did marry him, he would allow me to mo- leave the state to, to be with him. And so I had that in my back pocket, but there was this caveat that I had to um, agree with him on a schedule, which I thought was fine. We'll just agree on a schedule. It's not going to be a big deal. Well, he ended up using that to keep me in the state for five months. Wow. Six months almost. So I didn't actually get to live with my husband until quite a while after we were married. And I had to fly to see him very often and he would come to visit me. And it was really, really hard, but um, easier than what followed. (laughs) It was just me and my house, him and his, and everything was fine. And then um, I finally got the okay from the judge to leave and moved. And then we moved in and we bought our house together. So I didn't have to live in his house with her and him in my house with my ex or anything. It was all new, which was really great. Yes. I know not a lot of people are that lucky, but the, um, the chaos kind of started pretty quickly. It it was, it was clear that I was not welcome. They on the one hand would be really, really nice to me, but then they started just spending hours screaming at me, which (laughs) sounds really strange. Even like I was thinking about it today and it's been a long time since that's happened, but they would just follow me around screaming the same thing over and over again, how they had the energy to do that for (laughs) the record was six hours of (laughs) screaming. And I don't know how they did it. I should have just like 
it should have been really obvious that I should have nachoed, but I thought, I thought I was supposed to be stepping into the mom role. It didn't occur to me that they already had a mom. Well, what we would loosely define as a mom and I didn't need to fill that role, but I tried to. And so I tried to do what a mom would do. I tried to take care of them. I ordered them shoes. I made sure they had plenty to eat. You know, I tried to feed them healthy stuff and they resented the crap out of all of it. So what kind of things would they walk around screaming at you like, no more broccoli. No more broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> I just shove broccoli in their face. They do that. You know, um, it was mostly just they would want something and I'd say no, which I should have said, go ask your dad. But um, <laughs> now would, you know. I'd say no. And they'd say, why can't I? Why can't I? Why can't I? Now imagine that for six hours. Or they'd say my name over and over and over but like long and drawn out and whiny. Like, so, no, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it was a lot of that. And um, they would say really snotty things about me. And it became apparent not long after that, that mom was feeding them information that wasn't altogether true. In fact, it wasn't true at all. So she would tell the kids that their dad doesn't care about them that he doesn't want to be in their life, that I hated them and I, I never gave them anything. And I only took care of my kids and I gave my kids everything and, and them nothing. It was a lot of nonsense. Cause if you look at it, my kids actually got kind of the short end of the stick because I was so paranoid about not doing enough for the stepkids that I neglected my own kids. Yes. That happens all the time. Well, it makes you resent just the whole situation because my kids had to pay for the manipulation from bio mom and bio mom. She knew I was pretty healthy. So she'd make fun of me trying to feed her kids healthy stuff. The problem is I wouldn't care, but my, all my stepkids are obese and they shouldn't be at their ages. Is there an age you should be obese? <laughs> right. There is not good at any age, but at their ages, it's really hard. One of one of my stepdaughters, um, her her knees are actually bowing in. Oh, it's, nice. it's just really sad to see it because I mean, their mom does things like buys them an entire cake on Valentine's Day, like a sheet cake, not like oh well, here's a little slice of cake for Valentine's <laughs> Day. No, here's fifty thousand calories that will do you no good. I love their mom. I was gonna say Lori's looking at me like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, I love it. <laughs> And it's got to be sugar icing to kind of makes your face go. Whoa. And I like, and that's the thing. I know I'm a terrible cook, so I can't compare from what I'm told. She's not a great cook either, but it's just a lot of butter and salt. So <laughs> that, that makes everything good. Right. <laughs> and so they told me if we bring our cakes over to your house, are you going to throw them away? I said, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> my logic was if they bring them to our house, I will throw them away. Because they don't need that. It's terrible for them. But if they leave it at bio mom's house, she'll it'll be long enough from when they leave to when they come back that it won't be good anymore. But that icing will be good for years. No, probably. <laughs> so I just tried to step in where it wasn't my business. And I tried to fix, fix, fix all of the problems that I saw with them. And the behavioral problems were plentiful. There was a lot of stealing, lying. They were physical with each other, but I think that's pretty normal for 
for kids in, in general. They were just fighting. Mm-hmm. But things got really, really, really bad to the point where I just I had a total mental breakdown because I was being told to just keep like loving them and be their caretaker. I went to my non-stepmom friends, which was a huge mistake because they said, you know what you're getting into, which is the most helpful effing thing I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) And it became very clear that that wasn't the place to share. And these are friends I've had for a decade. And they're like, well, um, you just need to love them like your own. And you knew what you were getting into and you need to just figure it out. You're the problem. And I said, you're right. I am the problem. Let me go ahead and, you know, destroy myself from the inside about that. So I did. I took the whole thing on. Then we went to a counselor and the counselor said, you're right. You are the problem. You need to love them more and you need to, you know, make sure that they feel taken care of or whatever. And I said, none of this feels right to me right? because I'm killing myself. Nobody seems to notice that I'm falling apart. And nobody is happy. Everybody hates everybody. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I ended up with Nacho. It actually, I think I was nachoing before I found you guys because there's something called the gray rock method. Have you ever heard of it? Mm -hmm. And I did that with bio mom because she felt it. She felt like it was her place to tell me how horrible I am on a regular basis, which is fine. But I would fight with her about it. I'd be like, actually, no, she, she cut something from someone. I made a joke when I, I married my husband because I, I moved here. And so I didn't start working again. And I was like, it's pretty great. I just sit around and I don't have to do anything. I don't even have to work. Mm-hmm. And that was like, if you know me, that's my humor. But she heard that I made that joke and now tells everyone that I just sit around and do nothing, which <laughs> anybody who knows me at all knows. I don't sit at all ever if I can avoid it. Yeah. And so she would send me messages saying, you know, you're so fat and you're so stupid and everybody hates you and your kids are dirty hippies and (laughs) you're disgusting and all this stuff. Like I was like, uh, well, I'm rubber, you're glue. (laughs) But in the end I realized I'm arguing and it's pointless. And so I just said, I'm sorry you feel that way. And I left it. And she's like, wow, you're just, you have a way with words. I was like, thanks for letting me know. (laughs) like just went just completely gray rock on her and she left me alone she hasn't talked to me really since so that's been nice yes (laughs) he's a peach yeah very much so so talk a little bit more about the the issues that you are having and i mean you talked about the friends and and how how bad the information was now the counselor i know that you said that you felt like the information wasn't you know, just wasn't hitting for you. What what well, it made you- her feel like crap? Like she wasn't doing enough or she wasn't good enough for these kids to do what she wanted them to or to look at her as their mother. Right. But what kind of problems did that cause? Like, did your husband sit there and go, All right, this is this is the problem. You're ne- you need to love them more. You need to do all this stuff. Did this cause an issue with the, with that? Because now you've got two very different ways you're looking at things. Well, I think I because I know he's a really good dad, I didn't I didn't think of him as the problem at all. And so when I was talking to the counselor, he kind of made it seem like I needed to change m- me from the inside out. Like I needed to be a better person because I was 
I was not a good person because I was being so negative about my stepkids. Mm-hmm. But the reality was I wasn't being given what I needed. And that was my security, my safety. And I, I didn't have like Maslow's basic needs. I didn't have those because my stepkids, one in particular, would come into my room and steal things regularly. Mm-hmm. And my husband would not do anything about it. And it became a common understanding that money would go missing. And that's just how it was. So all of my kids, Christmas, birthday money, all of it's gone. And that's just the way it is. Oh, no. Yeah. So it was really hard because I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't step up for my kids and say, hey, this is pretty messed up that my kids can't have. And they, my kids, seeing my kids go, well, you know, that's just how it is here. We just can't keep money. No, that shouldn't be right. But at the same time as I'm I'm seeing these things happening to my kids and seeing how little how little support I was getting from my husband, I thought this this can't be right. And I saw somebody post about nachoing on one of my stepmom groups and somebody was like, I could never nacho. I just it's so cruel and selfish. I was like, well, I could tell me more. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> and I saw somebody post on one on one of the posts and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And she said, what you have isn't a stepkid problem. It's a bio parent problem. Yep. And it was a combination of hearing that and then reading the book Step Monster that just like, it was like a huge wave of relief. Like I'm not pure evil because I don't, like that my step kids are treating me horribly. And so then I started the Academy and it was like, before that I had already um, sort of nachoed because their mom convinced them that I controlled everything, which fair enough, but um, (laughs) she's not wrong. (laughs) Right. I want to argue with that, but it's, it's pretty true. And I, but the thing is I realized I shouldn't be. And so I started saying, ask your dad and they'd still come to me and they'd get really upset and, and, you know, frustrated when I would say, go ask your dad, he can make that decision for you. Um, and they'd be like, well, why can't you tell me? Like I was trying to hurt their feelings by saying this. Well, he's your dad. You can ask him. He makes decisions too. He doesn't, but <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's where it started. And then I started reading more about the nacho method. And then I just completely like shut down. No communication. I need to go in my room. You guys, you handle your business. And one huge component is I forced my husband under threat of divorce to read Step Monster and listen to your podcast and things <laughs> so that he truly understood what I was going through and what needed to be done. And so he realized that he was guilty parenting hard in that he wasn't because mom is an alienator. So they would come over and, and be really mean to us. And, you know, we'd hear things like um, how their mom had to divorce him because he wouldn't provide for her. He didn't make enough money, which I mean, that's kind of true because nobody makes enough money for her, but um, (laughs) it's not because she is clumsy and trips and falls all the time. (laughs) at all but so we'd have to hear that kind of stuff and like it's so frustrating because we'd have 
this nonsense thrown at us and we can't say a thing. And I'd have to hear stories about myself that are completely untrue and things that I did. Like she told the kids that I stole their school supplies to give to my kids. Okay. Like I, I, I don't see the the point in that. That seems pretty callous. And also color pencils are a dollar. Let's all move on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of that kind of stuff. So I felt like we were at war with them and it became a us versus them. Because when I was trying to cope with what was going on with them, I would bring him like, your your kid just did this and something has to be done because it's not okay. Like they came into my room and went through my stuff. That's not okay. And then he would give them a little yell like, oh, you can't do that. <laughs> and I'd wait or else what? Nothing. Silence. And so because bio mom was so intent on isolating him from his kids and making them hate him he didn't want to follow through on parenting. So he just tried to play nice all the time. So they walked all over him. They got whatever they wanted and Mm -hmm. at my expense and my kids expense. Mm -hmm. And we just reached our breaking point where I was like, I'm going to find a really nice house that's small and nearby. And you and I can just meet and go on dates and I'll see you on the other side. Mm -hmm. And he assured me that that was not an option Our therapist assured me that wasn't an option. The therapist that told you you needed to love them more? Right. Well, yeah, grain of salt. But (laughs) (laughs) pretty much everybody thought that I shouldn't leave the situation, but then nobody was offering me any kind of solutions. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, this is making me crazy. I have no safe space in my home. My my room isn't even a sanctuary. Well, they give you these overgeneralizations, like, you just need to be a better person. Right. Okay. Well, I'm not going to be a better person, so let's move on. What <laughs> options do we have? <laughs> okay. So let me back up a little bit because you, you said you joined the academy, and, and we have some people who don't realize that we have a Nacho Kids Academy, and that's what you're talking about. So you, you joined the academy, the Nacho Kids Academy. One question we get often is, how did you bring this up to your husband, significant other, and how was that conversation? Because a lot we have a lot of women who want to join the academy and they start having the conversation with their significant other and then it turns into a, a fight. Well, hang on. Before you answer, Noel, David, I have a feeling the way that she told her husband is not how we <laughs> would suggest that not, people would tell their husbands. I'm not saying that we're going to suggest doing it this way, but <laughs> people often want to know, well, how do other women get their their men involved? Because, for example... Uh, last week, I think we had a coaching call and there were six couples on the call. So men are getting more and more involved in the academy. Um, I don't recommend handling most situations the way I do. <laughs> in general, that's a bad idea. I'm a precautionary tale more often than not. But um, in this case, I think he he's a really easygoing guy. And so it was when he saw his wife, like broken down, crying and just giving up on life. He's like, okay, I'll be open to doing what she says. I don't think he even realized what it was. He, he knows that I just kind of off to the races. I just do what I'm going to do. And then he'll, he'll see what happens Mm -hmm. because there's no stopping that train once it's going. Mm -hmm. And so I said, the first thing we need to do is watch that. Uh, I can't remember what the video is, but when you start the Academy, it's like the stopping the bleed or stop the bleed. Stop the bleed. Yes. That's, and I had him watch it with me and it was just really eye opening. Like, Oh my gosh, this is one going to be really hard. 
Yeah. But so, so nice. Yeah. Because I've heard other moms that have done the same thing. They're just kind of like, oh, what a huge weight. I don't have to take responsibility for any of this. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was one of my big revelations is, you know what? If their parents want them to be morbidly obese sociopaths, then that is their choice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not my problem. They're not going to live with me. I know how to change a lock. So, but you would still throw their cake away if they brought it to your house. <laughs> you know what? I'm getting to the age where I just eat it quietly in the closet. <laughs> I don't know what happened to it. Maybe I threw it away. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> All right. So, you, so you get your husband involved. Um, unbeknownst to him, he agrees to something he doesn't know a lot about. Uh, but I will say he's he's extremely engaged now. So where? How did that happen? What was the process where he he went from, okay, honey, we'll do whatever you want to do, to, oh, wow, this is really working. I'm, I'm very interested in, in taking part in this. I think it was seeing the change in me because before I was tense anytime they were in the room. When they'd walk in, it was they were staring at me. They were making some disparaging comment about what I was doing. It was constant, constant, constant. And if I was in my room, we couldn't, we couldn't actually be in our room together ever at any point. We weren't allowed to do that because if we did, they would call their mom and say, we never come out of our bedroom. (laughs) That's because Noelle's lazy and she's not doing anything but laying at home all day. (laughs) (laughs) That is my M.O. (laughs) So we had to live our life around the assumptions of bio mom. And then I was like, you know, I don't really care if she thinks I'm lazy. That doesn't really change my life at all. And it kind of was this like snowball effect of like sort of middle fingers to the world. I'm going to do what I do. (laughs) And so I just relaxed a lot. If I didn't like what was going on, I just left the house. I was like, you know what? I bet there's a coffee shop somewhere that will let me read my book in peace. And so I went to it. Or I would sit out outside and do a crossword puzzle. I would just be in my own little world. Mm-hmm. But where were your kids? Well, I don't talk to them anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so easy peasy, lemon squeezy. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like uh, I'm speaking mostly during the day because my kids um, go to school. And his kids are going to be dysfunctional, psychotic people, so they don't go to school? Sociopaths. Oh, whatever. And because COVID. <laughs> Like half the schools around here are in full session and the other half aren't. And so they were around more. Okay. We're going to change the name of it from COVID-19 to blended family 19. Yeah. <laughs> All these people's going to get divorced. I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a huge spike in divorces with COVID. Because <laughs> we're not meant to be in such close proximity all the time. No. Yeah, David, move over. <laughs> <laughs> If there's not an increase in divorces, there's going to be an increase in stabbings. I guarantee it. I know. If I had a dollar for every time Lori's like, don't touch me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, originally they had said that COVID was going to create another baby boom. And then like within a month, they retracted that story and said that divorce rates were up like 70%. No, there's going to be both. You're going to have a baby boom and divorce rates up. (laughs) You're going to have more blended families is what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Well, that's why you're here. So you're going to have all these people going, my kid ain't never known their dad and me together because we divorced during COVID <laughs> after I got knocked up. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine pregnancy hormones and COVID being all up on each other? Mm-hmm. Mm. That would be horrible. 
So when you started the Nacho Kids Academy, where would you say your relationship was? Were you on a scale of one to 10? One would be brink of divorce. Right. And 10 would be be shooting rainbows and unicorns out your butt. (laughs) It would probably be negative four. Oh, goodness. Things were really bad because every conversation we had was, I need your kids to stop doing this. And I would hear, well, your kids. And it's (laughs) like, well, that's not helpful. And we'd have that same conversation. It's like, instead of it being about finding solutions together, it was more like he was so defensive of his kids. And it was just kind of like, I at one point sat him down and I said, I know they're your kids. I know you love them, but you need to understand that some of their behaviors are serious. They are something that you should really, really get them to a therapist about. And you can't keep ignoring that they exist. And so it was a lot of that. I just like, we had some pretty major blowups because I told him like, something has to change. You have to help me with their behaviors because you can't just keep letting them happen. And he would say, well, your kids do stuff all the time and you don't parent them as well as you should. And it's like, that's not the point. And so it was that same fight over and over. And it just looked slightly different each time. And by the end of it all, I was just like, I, you know what? Forget it. If that's how you want to parent, that's how you want to parent. But I'm going to go live somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I went house shopping and it was really nice. <laughs> and I found so many cute little places that I could, you know, because I was used to living in a little tiny house with my kids and I loved it. So I wanted to do that again, just find a little house all to ourselves. But I ended up, you know, doing this instead. Mm-hmm. So I'm still married. <laughs> and things are infinitely better. I remember when you contacted me about the Nacho Kids Academy. And I remember what you said. And you've been a member how long? I don't know. A couple of months? Yeah. It hasn't been very long. But the difference is night and day. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I remember I emailed you and I just said, so should I do monthly or should I do like forever? <laughs> well, yeah. And I, and I didn't know how to answer you because people will ask me that and say, should I do more than one month or should I just do the full year? And I'm like, well, it, I mean, it kind of depends. It depends on how quickly you adjust to the things that can be adjusted and how quickly you can recognize how you can change the dynamics yourself kind of thing. And also, I think I mentioned to you too, the re-engaging process. But of course, the goal with not joining is we want you to be able to re-engage with your stepkids. And for some people that may take six months, for some people that may take, you know, eight months. Some people may say, I am never re-engaging with those brats, but that's okay. Yeah. When you said that, I was like, "Uh, no, I don't think so. I think so. (laughs) I'm not going to be doing that. We're just going to disengage and move away. But well, and that's the thing when it came down to it, I was like, thing, it was after I sent you that email and we had another fight after that. And I was finally like, shut up and take my money. Let's do this right now. <laughs> and then I yelled to, I yelled to my husband. I said, I just spent a whole lot of money on this. We're doing it. And that's how I told him. <laughs> so, like I said, don't do things as I do. <laughs> So here's a here's a question. So Lori asked you the the whole scale from one to ten, and I know it's only been a couple of months since you've been in the academy. But where would you rate the relationship now? Like a nine. Oh wow! Wow, girl. Yeah, we are like happy little rabbits. You may <laughs> want to edit that out now that I think about it. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> I might just have it say we are happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like I 
I couldn't have imagined things being what they are currently. Like it took very little time. I don't know when I started it. I think it was a couple months because I think we started it while he was still working out of town. And so, yeah, it's only been like probably two months, maybe three. And I mean, now the stepkids, I'm totally re-engaging, which I did not see happening anytime soon, if ever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You thought I was crazy. I did think you were crazy. And then I listened to that podcast with your stepson and I was like, not this girl. (laughs) We're not going to be friends. I know how this plays out. And so now it's, I found out and I haven't told you guys this yet, but um, my husband was driving with his oldest and she said to him, you know, I'm going to be honest when Noel first moved in, I hated her. I mean, really hated her, but now she's pretty cool. Awesome. And that's out of a teenager. Yeah. Not Joanne can take you from being the evil stepmother in the eyes of the stepkids to, you know what? She's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. And in two months, that's crazy. That is crazy. I just looked it up and you joined on July 8th. So uh, two months. Yeah. Two months and six days. Holy crap. Yeah. That's crazy. Your results <laughs> may vary. Yeah. <laughs> Noel's going to be like, well, can I like get a refund for the other 10 months I didn't use? Well, here's the thing. I'm noticing though that there are like, there are evolving problems in this process. So it's not just like a, oh, we're all happy now. Like I told you guys what, like a week ago, I was like, I don't need you anymore. We're happy. (laughs) Forget you. But it's more, (laughs) I'm finding that they're like, okay, as I'm re-engaging, there's new, there's new creative ways (laughs) to be problematic for my stepkids. Like, to what extent do I then step back into their lives? And also the things that occur between my husband and I, where the kids are concerned, like how much input should I give? Things like that. Like it's still, it's still definitely a process. And there is like some stepping back still, like it's kind of a back and forth, mm-hmm. but I call it the hokey pokey of blended families. <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's, it's crazy a lot of the time, but I can tell you, And I told my husband this, they recently, they were with us for quite a while, I think almost a month. And the day they were leaving, I didn't even think about what time. Usually I know down to the minute. And if they're not out that door in that minute, somebody's going to hear about it. (laughs) But this time I was like, oh my gosh, they're leaving soon. You know, like it didn't even occur to me. And then now I'm like, they're coming back and I don't feel dread. I don't feel stress. It's just like, oh, they're coming back. You know, I got to make sure to make enough dinner that night. Like, it's really not that the anxiety is gone. The stress is gone. This makes my heart so happy for you. (laughs) It does, because I know where you were. You were the same place we were. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. It's probably a good thing you signed up for a year, because we see a lot of couples that come in. And usually it's not couples. One of them will come in. Usually the stepmom will come in. And they'll join for a month, and all of a sudden they're like, dude, things are great. I don't need this anymore, just like you said. And then two, three months later, it's bad. Things are really bad because they're not far enough in that process because, like you said, they're running into newer challenges, and it's like anything else. There's a process to get from point A to point B, and although it feels like things are going great, you haven't yet even hit all the challenges yet. Yeah, Well, that's the thing. I was like, there are so many videos on there to watch. I thought, well, if I watch all of them in one day, (laughs) 
but I don't want to spend a day like that. No offense. I love you guys, but that's too much. <laughs> it's too so, much, David and Lori. <laughs> yeah, that's too much for me. <laughs> but I, I can say the one great thing that I've gotten out of this is the Q&A calls were really huge because I could hear other people with the same. It's different with Facebook. You know, like Facebook, you're like, oh, my stepkid is making me crazy today. And then you have like a whole host of people saying, you're a horrible person. Oh, whatever. That's not helpful. But <laughs> on the Q&A calls, you hear people saying, I'm really hurting. This is really hard. Here's the struggles that we're having. And then you're like, oh, me too. You know, and it's just to have that kind of connection to other people that make you feel like what you're feeling isn't abnormal. Because that's the hardest thing as a stepmom is feeling like you're a bad person because you don't want to be around your stepkids. Yes. But I've had people say, look, how do you, how do you describe it to somebody who's never been in, in that situation? I say, it's like if the neighbor kid came over, had no manners, got into your business and wrecked your house and your spouse let them do it. And they were trying to break up your marriage and your spouse let them do that too. It's like that. And they won't leave. (laughs) Yeah. And they never leave. Yeah. And so it's like, if you wouldn't want the neighbor kid at your house 24 hours a day, messing with your stuff and getting into your business, then, you know, you wouldn't like this either. It's hard. And to, to make stepmoms feel like there's something fundamentally wrong with them as a person because they don't like the neighbor kid living with them and messing with their life. It's just, it's, it's appalling because we need so much support. I mean, how many studies are out there that say that stepmoms suffer hugely mm-hmm. in blending families? We can't all be the devil. <laughs> no, maybe we are. I don't know, but it's just, it's, it's a little unfair and it's nice to have that kind of community to say, no, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah, the expectations that are put on stepmoms is so unrealistic. And I hate seeing a stepmom beat herself up, feel guilty or depressed because she doesn't love the stepkids like everybody thinks she should. Well, it's like the Brady Bunch. We don't have the Alice. Alice was the buffer. She's what made that run. If we all had an Alice, it'd be different because we wouldn't have to cook and clean for them and all that stuff. But we don't. So when a stepmom's feeling like that, she's doing everything she can, but she's struggling and she's stressed and feels like she doesn't have any support. And then all of a sudden she's got people in this Facebook group going, well, yeah, you're just, you're not loving them like you should, or you're not loving them enough, or you should treat them like your own. Then it's like, well, why are you attacking her? Because she doesn't love these kids. They're not her kids. Right. And that's the thing. Like, I, one thing I, I ran into a lot is like, I would hear my friends who are moms be like, oh man, I want to sell my kid on eBay today. <laughs> I've had it. And you're like, ha ha ha, that's hilarious. Well, I want to sell my, my stepkids on eBay. <laughs> Whoa, you're a horrible person. How could you say something like that? Yep, you're going to hell. <laughs> you know, the price is the same. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> You'll sell the stepkids at a lower rate. 25% off. Yeah, free shipping. Yeah. <laughs> don't clean anything. So good luck. Now you said that the stepdaughter made that comment to your husband about she doesn't, didn't like you in the beginning, but now she thinks, you know, she might be pretty cool or whatever. How did that make you feel? It was, it was amazing. Cause I've noticed that with her. Like I had a conversation with her and some friends of ours that we had over. And I, I talked kind of openly about what it was with her. And I just said, it's kind of, I needed to understand that I wasn't your mom and I needed to behave accordingly. And I also needed to respect your dad's ability to parent. 
Right. And when I framed it like that for her, I think she kind of got it. Like I, I, and I, I said in front of her, I said, I don't know anybody who would walk into a house where people treat them like crap and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And she, she kind of laughed and she, it, it like, you could see that it kind of registered with her and she's been pretty much a dream. Like she's been really wonderful and teenagers usually aren't, but she's been, she's been fantastic. And she's been sitting with me and like asking me questions about like my life. And she genuinely wants to know the answer. She really wants to get to know me. And we, we have heard that she, someone made her privy to what really happened in the divorce. So she may be kind of, this is kind of hope for alienated parents because she sees the reality of the situation. She's the one I never thought would see it. Right. But she sees now and she's like, oh, I aligned with the wrong side on this one. I know that I know for a fact someone told her what really happened. And so it sounds, it, it appears to me the way she, she's been behaving that she kind of sees that she took things out on us that we didn't deserve. And even if somebody wouldn't have told her what really happened, I think she still would have realized this. It would have just taken longer because what she would have seen was her dad and her stepmom and who you are as people, not who the bio mom thinks you are and all that crap. So she would have gotten to know you as you and realized that, wait a minute, stuff's not adding up with what bio mom told me. Well, and that's the beautiful thing about it. I'm not spending all my time nitpicking the crap out of them. So I can just do my thing. And my thing just happens to be like, goofing off all over the place. So I just, I'm like in the garden, I'm making stuff in the kitchen. I'm doing all these things that make me appear as though I'm a real person. And I think they're seeing that they're like, Oh, she's not just spending the whole day harping on us or like nudging my husband with my sharp elbow. Hey, you should do something about that. Did Mm -hmm. you see what just happened? (laughs) Yes. So they're just seeing me as the happy go lucky gal that I am. And that's kind of nice. I think they appreciate that. Yes, they do. I know they do. Mm-hmm. And no more day drinking, which is also nice. <laughs> <laughs> and much safer and much better for your liver. <laughs> hey, look, nachoing has health benefits. Right. We already knew that, really, because it lowers stress. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you guys, I had such severe stress when things were at their worst that I was having body aches. I had adrenal fatigue. Like, I, I was going to doctors to try and figure out what was wrong with me. And it was all stress related. It was because my body was just shutting down from so much stress. Yeah. I remember when Lori was going through that and I mean, she looked like a skeleton. She had lost so much weight. She was going to doctors uh, because she, I mean, it was just a mess. She looked like she had pancreatic cancer. That's what they thought I had because of my symptoms. Yeah. It was, it was terrible. The stress was that bad. I believe it. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I liked wearing smaller clothes until one day I looked in the mirror and I'm like, oh my gosh, I look like I should be on the street corner begging for money to go get a heroin hookup. <laughs> I mean, really, it shocked me. And then I yeah. I cried and went and told David, I'm like, how'd you let me get like this? And he's like, quit playing the victim. That's not what I said. <laughs> I was like, you should have not. That's the thing. <laughs> like, it, it's amazing how quickly this situation turns you into enemies. Like we really were not on the same team. And I think that's something that we still struggle with being on the same team because he's used to looking after their needs and I'm used to looking after the needs of my kids and somewhere in the middle, it should, it should meet and be the same. 
but it's really not. I mean, that's just not how it functions organically. It's, it's very divided, but now I think the kids are starting to pick up on the fact that we are a united front because we're working on this together. It's something that we see as an end goal being us together working as a team. And even though we're not there yet, it, we're definitely hit. We're on our way. Yeah. And, and you'll get there. I mean, look at what's happened in two months. By this time next year, I can't imagine where you're going to be. I know with me and David. We're going to have full custody. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to be loving it. Yeah. You do. You feel like you are on different teams. It's our family against their family kind of thing. But once you get to where you are, you will start building that bond. And someone asked me, said, will you ever be a real family if they're not your kids or not your kids. And I was like, not the nuclear family that you think you're going to be, but it'll be a family. It'll be new and improved. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It slices and dices. Um, And that's the thing. Like, I think if you hold it up to that standard, then it's impossible and it feels impossible. So you have this vision of the mom figure, the dad figure, cookies on the table when they get home from school and everybody likes each other. And that's super unrealistic because whether stepmom is super, super nice and possibly Mother Teresa reincarnate, she's still going to be resented. Mm-hmm. Yes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how nice you are because what's happening on the other end is my parents aren't together. And this lady right here is the reason why. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it really doesn't matter what you do. But if you wait it out and just let them process the divorce, the separation, the remarriage, let them process that on their own while you just sit back and not say a word, then it's like they can incorporate you into their lives in a, in a meaningful way instead of in a resentful way. Right. And let them lead the relationship with you. Yeah. Because if you try to push them too much to have a relationship with them, that's going to backfire. Whereas if you just kind of let them gauge things and you do it on your own comfort level too, it's almost like a yo-yo effect or like the hokey pokey thing where it's like, okay, I think I'm ready to re-engage with little Johnny. And you go in there and within 28 seconds, he's drove you nuts. You're like, oh, not yet. Maybe tomorrow. (laughs) Exactly. And then it may be where things are great for a month and you have one day that little Susie's just off kilter and she hates Noelle again. But then you'll find out that it has nothing to do with you again. It has something going on at school. It might have to do with a little boyfriend. It might have to do with the bio mom talking crap about you again. It's not always about us as much as we would like to think it is. Well, that's the thing. I don't, there's no expectation, which means there's no disappointment. So if I walk out there and they ignore me, all right, like I'm not upset about it because they're just doing what they do and I'm doing what I do and I can engage if I want to. But if I don't, I'm not, you know, the worst person in the world. It's just what I'm doing. So without all those expectations that I had before where I was supposed to be loving them and they were supposed to love me back and they didn't love me back because I wasn't loving them enough and all of that without that, it's like, Oh, well, I mean, if we have a relationship, we have a relationship. If we don't, we don't. And that in and of itself was very liberating Mm -hmm. because then I don't have, I don't have any expectations. The bar is set really low for me. (laughs) (laughs) I can live down there. Well, it's funny because I remember making a comment one day that, when you have a blended family, you should have zero expectations. And somebody's like, oh, you should always have expectations. And I'm like, 
I mean, yeah, you should expect them not to throw darts at you, or you should expect them not to put, what do you call them thing, the Molotov cocktails, whatever they are, <laughs> throw them at you, or put sugar in your gas tank, something. I mean, yeah, those are, I guess, normal expectations. <laughs> those are normal. But um, Or baseline. There we go. You should have baseline expectations. But anything above that, if you don't want to engage with them, then don't. But if you choose to, don't do it expecting anything in return. Yeah. So if you tell little Johnny, hey, and he doesn't respond, then if that upsets you, then don't tell him, hey. If it doesn't upset you, then tell him, hey, 800 more times. It's okay. Well, and I know that my kids, my kid's stepmom, um, she would punish them anytime they didn't acknowledge her when she walked into the room, which I don't know how you can expect kids to pay that much attention to adults in the house when they've got other things more pressing going on like Legos. (laughs) They don't care that you're in the house unless they're hungry. Yeah. But I just thought, well, at the very least, I'm not going to do that. If they don't want to talk to me, they don't have to talk to me. But now it's like, I really genuinely feel that like, don't talk to me then. That's fine. Mm-hmm. We'll talk when you're ready. Well, it's like Lori said, sometimes it has nothing to do with you. It's just you're not something that they care to talk about or talk to. They're not even necessarily ignoring you. It's just, hey, they got something else in their head going on. They've had a crappy day. Those hormones are getting to them. <laughs> well, and I feel like maybe um, they're not reporting as much to mom. I mean, they call her all the time. But I feel like the conversations aren't about me and their dad anymore because it used to be, here's what happened and here's what she did. And then we get a text message. Oh, you know, I know what you were doing. I can't believe you're so selfish. Like, (laughs) that's not what happened. There was a whole thing because he didn't want them to have too much sugar before dinner. And she decided to step in on that conversation and tell him how he should do it. And when he said, this is just how I'm doing it. She said, Oh, you're so controlling. <laughs> well, this is my house. We can do what we want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's see. Wait a minute. Now she's trying to control what happens at your house, but you're controlling. <laughs> yes. And that is narcissism. Everybody else's fault. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't say that to her because then you, then she gets on a roll and she's got all these things that she's been saving up to say to you. And, No, thanks. But you've stepped back. So there's really not anything negative about you for them to report to her. Yeah, there's nothing to report right now. I mean, really, they the only the one thing that has been really helpful is only say something that's positive. Mm -hmm. So all they hear out of my mouth is positive stuff. And like, if I correct their behavior, and I wouldn't even put it that way. If I say, hey, you know, can you go grab your plate off the table so I can fill the dishwasher? Like, it's really passive requests like that so that they can not feel like I'm harping on them, but like I'm just interacting with them. Right. And they've been really receptive to that. So, and their dad has been punishing them and that's been fantastic. (laughs) Take that step kids. (laughs) (laughs) So do you sit there and go, yes, yes. Sometimes (laughs) it's a magical experience for everyone (laughs) because before it was like, stop doing that silence. Now it's stop doing that or this consequence. And they are actually followed through. Like that's the beautiful thing is I see him evolving as a parent and doing the things that are best for his kids that he didn't want to do because he thought they would hate him. But now I think they're seeing, I said, you know, you're the alpha male of this house. You have to command that respect. You can't just expect it to fall in front of you. 
And if you don't show them that you're worth respecting in your house, they're not going to, they're going to believe what bio mom says and just continue to disrespect you. And so we've implemented something now um, probably residual from being at bio mom's house for so long is they will say things in a really rude and snotty tone of voice Mm -hmm. and we'll just ignore it or we'll just remind them if in case they forgot which I don't think they did. We'll remind them, hey, you can, you need to be polite when you talk to us. You can't just say something mouthy and expect us to jump. And so I think they're seeing like, no, we're not going to tolerate that behavior. And you can behave that way, but you're going to be doing it without some of the perks of living here. Like we have certain video games or things like that. Those will just disappear. And to know, like to have that security that if they do something, he will take care of it. That was huge. Because before I had to let go of the fact that he wasn't going to take care of it and just accept that that's the kind of parent he was going to be. I didn't love it and I didn't love it for them. But now because we're trying to create kind of a unified house where all of the rules are followed by all of the kids, Mm. it kind of behaves that way. Like the kids see it as there are rules for all of us, house rules and consequences, and we need to follow them or these things will happen. Right. And so it's feeling more, I'm feeling hugely supported by him where before it was like, he would just kind of like, I don't know why you're so sad. (laughs) Stop it. All right. So you've got a better relationship. You've got your significant other parenting better. You've got less stress. You've got a, a better relationship with the stepkids. Wow. I mean, I might, I might be the nacho kids poster child. You might be. That's the word I was trying to think of earlier. (laughs) You said the not your kids wanted child, didn't you? Spokes model. <laughs> spokes model. There we go. You can be the spokes model. I really didn't anticipate it working this quickly and resulting in the things that have happened. Cause I just, I really expected to just be in my room most of the time and mm-hmm. wait out them moving out of this house. That's, right. that was my expectation, keeping it really minimal and to have it be. Like we feel like a family now. It's it's very strange. Right. Oh, I love it. Woo! I well, one thing that you did properly was you first of all, you you got into the content that's there. You joined the QA calls. So you're you're investing into the process and you're also trusting the process. We can almost always tell who's gonna have the better results because they're they're doing everything that's available. Not that people don't get results if they don't do everything that's available, but the ones that do, we see a lot faster results from from those. Well, there's a lot of things that you don't think about. And then you watch a video and you're like, I didn't even realize that was going on in my house. And now I do. And now I, now I have the tools to fix it. Mm-hmm. Like the, you're not second. That was a big one for me because I always felt like he was making sure and taking care of them. And then I, I felt sort of jilted. And it's just, it's just different. And to have those, there's like so many resources that I'm confident that the next hiccup that we have, there's going to be a video for it. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's not, girl, you just contact us and we'll make you one. There you go. We have to get a shirt made so there's a video for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a course for that. Exactly. Yeah. And so I've, I've felt very much like, that's the thing. When I kind of get into something, I do it. 110%. And so I was like, um, eat, sleep and breathe. Nacho Kids Academy, like listening to Q&A calls, listening to the podcasts, watching the videos. And it was just kind of like, I need to absorb all the information so I can 
fix all my problems very quickly because I'm impatient. Mm -hmm. And so I just said, you know, I'm going to do all this and hopefully everything will be fixed. And I didn't expect it really to happen that quickly. (laughs) Yeah. I'm impressed myself. Well, I am curious. I mean, you, you were going to a counselor, you have, you had read some of the, you know, like the step monster book and you're aware of the gray rock method and, you know, all these things going on. Why did you feel the need to, to join the Academy? What was missing? Cause it sounds like you were trying to do everything right, but something was missing that the Academy gave you. And I'm interested in what that was. Well, I remember we went to a counselor. My daughter has a, a counselor and I was sitting with her and she apparently does a, um, a support group for step families or blended families, which I didn't know. And uh, as she was listening to my daughter, she's like, wait. And she had me clarify the situation a little bit more and what was going on in the house. And she's like, no, no, that is not going to last. What you're doing is not going to last. And I was like, well, maybe, you know, if I say something dumb, like, oh, but we love each other, (laughs) it will last. (laughs) And she's like, no, no, honey, this is not going to work. And I thought, well, that divorce doesn't feel like an option because in reality, I don't want to be divorced from him. I know for a fact that he and I are grossly meant to be together. <laughs> so something's got to give. And I think what it was is the validation of knowing that I wasn't alone in this and that my feelings were perfectly normal. Like being able to say, I don't like my stepkids and not have somebody jump all over me. Like I'm the spawn of Satan. Right. And also to have both the experience of people who have done it before, but also the assurance that stepping back didn't mean rejecting. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was allowed to step back and just kind of take care of myself so that I could then open up and take care of others. And that's the thing. I never consider that, that you have to fill your own cup an analogy that always bothered me because I thought I can fill my cup and other people's cups at the same time. I don't need that, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. little bit type a, that's why the airlines tell you put your mask on first <laughs> before you help the person beside you. And I'll be honest. I, I roll my eyes every time. I'm not going to do that. You can't control me. You can't tell me that. <laughs> I'll do both at the same time. That's right. I can breathe for somebody else. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do in taking care of myself, which is something I'm not terribly good at and making sure that I had all my needs taken care of that freed me up to be emotionally available to them. Cause before it was just pure resentment on both sides. Well, it also sounds like you gained a lot of tools that maybe you weren't getting before. Maybe you were getting some validations or some kind of, you know, general things like I mentioned earlier, but the Academy gave you a, a complete tool set to use in, in many different situations. I can say confidently that the advice and help I was given before Nacho Academy was hot garbage <laughs> <laughs> and useless and just degrading. And everything that I found in the Academy has been like, uh, it's it's like I can breathe again, you know, like this all makes sense. And like, it feels like I have something I can do about it. Like I have control over my situation by letting go. Yes. Jump in there, honey. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's true though. It's like I can go down this list and I can work on these things, but none of those things involve me just loving my kids, my stepkids, like they're my own. Like that's nonsense Mm -hmm. because I didn't push them out. Mm -hmm. I didn't push mine out either, but I didn't hold on to them in my stomach. 
for any amount of time, bond with them. I didn't take care of them from their birth. Like there's no bonding there mm-hmm. naturally. So I don't know what person bonds to a child instantly who is trying to break up their marriage. Nobody, you're going to be mad. And so to have like this list of things that I can do, and it's just, if I focus on these things one at a time, then I'm not focused on what I'm doing wrong. I'm not punishing myself for what I've failed at before. It's more like, I didn't know this, but now I do. Mm -hmm. And now I can fix it. Like truly, I feel like I can breathe and I can just live my life. I can go to any room in my house and not feel stressed out, which is so new because before I couldn't go to any of them. Well, the other thing that's kind of amazing is that you often get the results you want by not focusing on the results you want. (laughs) Like what I mean by that is you didn't go into the academy saying, I'm going to focus on building a better relationship with my stepkids. Yet that's what you're getting out of it. Yeah, I think that it was the exact opposite. I thought I'll just use this to, if I'm being totally honest, like maybe I'll feel better about not wanting them around. (laughs) So back to the, the lady, I'm assuming lady, but that posted in the Facebook group about the you know, nacho kids method is so horrible and you never should do that to a kid. What would you say about that now? Oh, they can eat my poo. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Oh, there are some people on those, those Facebook groups that are just so high and mighty. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, do you have a high conflict bio mom? Does, does your stepkid steal your stuff? Then shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. It's all well and good when like, you know, bio mom and you get along or your stepkids were very young when you came into their lives and they've only known you. That's nice. That's not what we're talking about here. We're Mm -hmm. talking about really intense cases. And if you're not able to empathize, then you can shove it. (laughs) Because I I can't tell you, like, the whole point of these groups is for support. And if you're going to go in there and talk down to some stepmom who is struggling, and they are struggling, like, it's so hard. It's so much harder than anyone can imagine. And to to tell them, oh, gosh, you know what? I don't have that problem because, you know, I'm basically Jesus. That's not helpful. And frankly, it's not compassionate. It's rude. And it's it's so infuriating to me. You can tell. I'm so pissed right now. <laughs> but like, Deep breaths. Right? Practice what you learn in the academy in the five, right? exercise. <laughs> She's like, all that time and money I wasted. <laughs> Son of a gun. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. I, I, I can see from the outside if you don't have those issues, if everything's just really nice. Then you shouldn't be in a Facebook group anyway. Right. What are you complaining about? Go live on your rainbow. We don't need your mess. Yeah. (laughs) But that's kind of how I felt about it because like you obviously don't understand the trauma that we deal with. You don't understand how hard it is on a daily basis. This isn't something like, oh, the stepkids were mean every once in a while. I know in a different group, it wasn't a nacho group, but this girl, she was like, I don't know how you guys have so many problems. I just, I adore my stepkids. Uh-huh how long have you been stepmom? And she's like, well, we're getting married this week and we haven't lived together yet. Okay. I'm grabbing the popcorn. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> I hope somebody gave her a gift certificate to the Nacho Kids Academy as a wedding gift. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Radio silence from her. I haven't heard from her again. <laughs> she's filing for divorce by now. <laughs> you know what? Because it's all, it's all nice until you're in the trenches and then suddenly you have to eat crow. If you don't have problems with your stepkids, don't go on a support group. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> now, I will say that in the Nacho Kids Facebook group, people seem to get irritated because we aren't as supportive as they feel like we should be. But what they don't realize is we're trying to teach people how to nacho. So if you're saying, I'm going to dump all the trash that the stepkid left downstairs on their bed, I'm going to tell you, no, that's petty and crazy. Don't do that crap. But you should support me in doing that. This is a support group. (laughs) How dare you not, you know, support me? I am. I'm trying to teach you how to nacho and you ain't listening. (laughs) That's a different Facebook group. That's the the passive aggressive parent Facebook group. (laughs) You need to go over there. Because that's the thing. That's mean. Yes. Your job isn't to be mean and to be spiteful. And that's the thing. I've many times considered just throwing things on in their room because I don't want to see them anymore. But instead, I just ignore it. You kind of just get used to it. And you, if it bothers you enough, you bring it to the bio parent and then say, hey, look, it's really bothering me. And if you love me at all, you'll get that crap out of the living room. <laughs> you love me at all. <laughs> right. You have to anchor it to their love for you to make it really healthy. <laughs> I just thought of a name for our new course, David. If you love me at all. <laughs> there you go. Pick up those freaking you, socks. <laughs> you just do whatever I ask. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. That's a fact. That's the thing. It's like the growing comes from just having to accept things as they are instead of trying to fit them into your mold and what you expected. And I'm not a really clean person anyway, but um, my husband is. And so it's kind of like, it's kind of crazy for me to look around and see the chaos and the mess and it doesn't faze him at all. But so help me if I leave my shoes in the middle of our bedroom, (laughs) it's like the end of the world. (sighs) Yeah. He needs to nacho that. Yeah. Come on now. Tell him to call your mama. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I thought it was interesting after all of this and all the progress we made, and I, I posted this on the, the, um, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? Community. Hey, what do I do when your kids make my life harder? <laughs> Shoot. I almost flipped a table. I didn't light anything on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I got crazy eyes with them. Cause I was like, you mean when they impact your life in a profound way and there's nothing you can do about it? Gosh, I don't know. What do you do? <laughs> you nacho. You nacho. And he's like, so I explained it to him. This is from the other side. You can use this method. You're part of the group. He's like, so I just ignore it? Yeah. And if it bothers you enough, tell me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that just doesn't sound right, but okay. <laughs> but you know what? My kids don't ever do anything wrong. You know they're perfect little angels. So. Absolutely. They are. We've seen their sweet faces and they have halos above their heads. Little yep. cherubs. They don't do anything wrong and so I don't know what he's complaining about. Yep. Yep. Whiner. Yeah. He's such a victim. Yeah. He just can't <laughs> see it in his own kids. <laughs> and if your kids are bad, it's because his kids taught them to do it. Yep. That's not altogether untrue. <laughs> <laughs> if I can make that work, then I don't have to be to blame for anything. Oh, uh, yeah. Trust me. Everything that that Lori's kid does is like, yeah, we learned it from yours. I'm like, no, your kid is corrupting mine, and he's four years younger, five years younger, five years younger, (laughs) even worse. (laughs) It's hard to see that. It's hard to see my kids being a negative influence. Yeah, I can't see it. (laughs) No, not your sweet babies. No, because right now they're out there doing. They're probably saying their prayers and reading their scriptures. (laughs) (laughs) They've already taken their baths because it's eight o'clock. Oh, sure. (laughs) The house may, in fact, be on fire. 
<laughs> well, then, I guess we should wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. No, I have to feed them so they don't get angry. <laughs> they get hangry. If you'd have let yeah. them stepkids bring that cake, they would have had food. That's right. <laughs> and that's all they can eat. Yep. You can just play Marie Antoinette. Girl, I'd be happy eating cake every day, all day. That's you, fine. Yeah, you do anyway. That's how I got morbidly obese myself. But what a way to go. Stop looking at me, David. I'm not morbidly obese. <laughs> and don't say yet. I'm going to start calling you Morbius. Look here, basketball belly. <laughs> no, far from that. Dude, I got a six-pack. Darcy doesn't like it when I call him fat hot. Fat hot? <laughs> it's like a chubby chaser terminology. Chubby chase. I'm like, ooh, you are looking fat hot today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a compliment, not compliment. <laughs> yeah, he's going to the gym with me almost every day now. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll do that to Lori. You call me fat hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah, you can't call a woman that. Men are less sensitive. He knows that I like him a little chunky. And so I'll encourage him to eat some extra stuff. <laughs> I tell her she's the pH fat. She just doesn't like it. No, don't call me fat. That word. That's a no, no word. Yeah. No, no words. <laughs> you looking fat today. The yeah. pH oh, fat. The pH. <laughs> uh, an, uh, another course. No, no words. <laughs> no, no words. Yeah. How how David got a broken nose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as my son would say, um, I'm going to write a whole book about the things you should not say to your spouse. Yep. Oh, I, I would read that book. I believe it. I can only imagine, Lori. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you, he should write it. I told him it would make him a millionaire. I don't know if we told you or not, but um, we went out for one of David's company things, and his business partner's wife said, does Lori really put up with David talking to her like that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she makes it sound like I'm disrespectful toward you. I am sure people say that. <laughs> I don't behave any differently outside of the Q&A calls. No. What makes people uncomfortable about us is how we interact with each other. Like, we could be picking on each other, but we're doing it in a way that somebody might look at it and go, oh, my gosh. They why, fight all the time. Why don't they get divorced? <laughs> yeah. I think you guys are, like, the sweet, like, you you can tell you really care about each other. It's not like, I think you guys, like, that's the thing. You recover quickly. That's what it's called, the recover. Like, if you say something mean to each other, you either know that you don't mean it or you don't care. Or, or hope they don't mean it. <laughs> right. Or just pretend you didn't hear a thing. Or throw something back and then duck when it comes back again. Mm -hmm. That's right. All right, Noel. Thanks for being on today's episode. You've been a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> a hoot. <laughs> but uh, no, thanks. Thanks for catching us up on how things are going with you. I know even though you're on like almost every single coaching call, oftentimes we don't get a chance to you know, really gauge what's happening and where the progress is. So it's it's great knowing that you're at a nine. So now we got to work to get you at a 12. <laughs> 12 out of <laughs> 10. On my way. <laughs> yes. Yep. So um, that's amazing. And it's funny because the whole time you're talking about all the progress you're making, Lori's just beaming over here. Like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Well, because it really does make my heart happy. I know it does. I know it absolutely does. And, and I know. I want to take all the credit for everything. All I did was listen to you. You take the credit. You did the work. Yep. We told you what to do and you did it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. But this is a big deal. Like you guys really did save our family. Like we were on the verge of breaking up and you guys saved us. So that's not a small thing. She can beam as long as she wants to. <laughs> we gave you the hammer and told you to hit the nail. Don't try to hit the screw. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. <laughs> that means it's time to end this uh, yeah. don't interview. Don't take that and run, Noel. <laughs> 
<laughs> Not this time, next time. All right, well, we'll talk to you later. And thanks again. All right, thank you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. There were several things that cracked me up in this interview. Name one. <laughs> was when she said people could eat poo. <laughs> and last night on the Q&A call, she said, did I say people could eat poo? And I'm like, you did. And I left it in there. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, no. I also find it funny that she threatened her husband with divorce if he didn't read the book Step Monster and listen to the Nacho Kids podcast. Mm-hmm. And I have to give him credit because he's been on like almost every single coaching call with her. Mm-hmm. Even when he's out of town. Yeah. So, I mean, not she's not the only one putting in the effort. He's doing it, too. Mm-hmm. And it shows. It does. Because, you know, when they first came on, came into the the academy, I mean, she said, this is my last ditch effort. Mm -hmm. Like, we are almost done. And I think it was maybe the second call they had went on like a trip or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of the the trip to see if they were going to part ways or stay together. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. And they're on the call. You know, they're on the coaching call with us while they're on this little vacation trip to see if they're going to stay together. Mm -hmm. And I remember... That particular call was more about giving each other a clean slate and not bringing up the past. Mm-hmm. And then I get a message from her. It's like, I can't do this. I'm like, yes, you can. Yeah. You can and you will, girl. Do you yes, hear me? You shall do it. You shall do it. If not, I'm going to find out everything you did in your past and I'm going to bring it up every day. <laughs> and we know a lot already. <laughs> <laughs> we know too much. <laughs> anyway, you know what? If nothing else, you should join the Nacho Kids Academy to listen to her on the Q&A calls because she's hysterical. Dude, it's it's worth the price of admission <laughs> just for the comedic value of our coaching calls sometimes. Mm-hmm. You you will absolutely leave those calls. <laughs> Your face will be hurting from laughing and smiling so much. Yes. We'll start having it. Noelle's Nacho Comedy Night. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Between, between her and me, good grief. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because sometimes I can get other people going. <laughs> then you get all kind of stuff happening. Yeah. David likes to get people riled up. We met a lady that. I know, oh, I know where you're going to go with this. That is another stepmom coach. They were um, on vacation about three hours away. So we met them halfway for dinner. And we know her pretty well, I would think, because we've talked to her every two weeks for a year mm-hmm. in the mastermind group. And so we met her husband and her. And. Halfway through the dinner, I guess, David started pushing buttons. I did not. (laughs) Well, the husband said something, and David could tell that it fired her up. So David's like, I agree with him. He's absolutely right. And I'm thinking, we're getting ready to have a knockdown drag out in the middle of this place. And I don't know if it's going to be her beating up David, or her beating up her husband, or me beating up David. (laughs) But something's getting ready to go down. And I'm like, David, stop. Because the thing is, you know, some people really do have short tempers. Mm, Yeah. I mean, this is, again, why you shouldn't push buttons, David. Okay, but nobody got injured. No, but I think she loves you less now. No. We'll find out tomorrow night. No, she don't love me any less. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. We'll ask her. No, because what she did is she got back in the the car with her husband, and she lit into him. (laughs) (laughs) I remember my dad, he's an instigator slash button pusher. And every time my sister would have a boyfriend over, or even after she got married and had her husband over, my daddy'd be like, You remember that fella? That da 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 da. 
I mean, just bringing up, he would, he would make up stuff. It wasn't even true. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, so did you file for divorce like you told me you were going to? I'm like, oh my gosh, she never said that. Interesting though, when he met me, he didn't do any of that stuff. Like he made you out to be like better than anything. I feel like we should have angelic music right now. I know. But and, see, and then I'm, we got I'm his baby. I know, but when we, it's, okay, so listen here, fellas and ladies and gentlemen that are listening in the audience. You want to talk about a red flag? Oh, Lord, no. All no, right. this was not a red flag. Stop. You make it sound like I'm a piece of crap and that people around us were just like, oh, thank God you married the pitiful witch. All right. Stop. So, just stop. So I don't want to hear it. I get married. Hello. I get married. Are you listening to me? On, in, on, during the wedding. Oh, okay. Fine. As, as the wedding ends, people were coming up to me after the wedding with tears in their eyes. And they were like, thank you for marrying her. <laughs> and I was like, hmm. So I'll leave you people out there in listener land to decide for yourself. Was that a red flag or was it not? I think it's better than when people came up to me. It's like, I cannot believe you married him. I was telling you that. <laughs> I was like, are you sure? Man. I mean, I told you I had four kids, right? And a crazy ex. And you're like, I know, but it's okay. No, I don't think you told me you had a crazy ex. You met her early on, so you knew it. Just assume that all exes are crazy and you're, you're pretty pretty good about getting it right most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. There were some red flags. What, for me? Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. No, there were other people trying to wave red flags. Yeah, there were some red flags with from you. No. Uh-huh. For example, I'm pulling in the driveway and you're on the phone with me and you're like, oh, by the way, my kids are here. Um, how's that a red flag? Because you didn't tell me ahead of time. I told you I had kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's more than some stepmoms get or girlfriends or whatever you want to call yourself. I think, I think at the time it was no telling whether or not they were going to be here or not. Well, you knew they were here. Right. And I didn't mm-hmm. until I'm pulling in the driveway. Okay. How's that a red flag? Because you didn't tell me ahead of time. You didn't give me time to prepare. I called you before you got down the driveway. <laughs> That's at least 30 seconds. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, do I turn around? Am I going to have to crawl in the window? What's going on? Hmm. I didn't think about bringing you through the window. I would not have come through the window. Okay. Just so you know. <laughs> now, that would have been a red flag. <laughs> you can come visit, but you got to come through the window. Or meet me in my storage building. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Could have done that too, because apparently I've done it before. Oh, David, you must tell this story. That's a, you must. For these are there might be some new listeners that haven't heard the storage building story. I mean, I don't even know how to tell it because it didn't happen. Okay, I'll tell it. <laughs> <laughs> so the stepkids are telling me that one time their dad was dating this girl. I know who she is. I don't know her, but I know who she is because she cut their hair. And continued to cut their hair. That's probably how the subject came up. And then she cut your son's hair. <laughs> yeah. Then, I, you know, took my son to get his hair cut by her, too, because, you know, he wanted his hair cut like one of the brothers. Lord help. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so the kids start talking about, yeah, remember that time that dad and her went in the storage building and we had to stand guard? Yeah, well, like I had a... Like a dinner, candlelight dinner or something? Yeah, like they made it sound like you decorated it all up. And I know. I'm like, where in the world did this come from? And I mean, they were adamant. They're like, it happened. It happened. And yeah. They describing all this stuff. And I'm like, and Lori's looking at me going, really? And I'm like, dude, that's pathetic. What yeah. were you doing in that storage building with your kids keeping the door shut? <laughs> I know. I'm thinking to myself, this is this is such a crazy story that 
even in my craziness of crazies, I never would have done anything like this. And they were like, no, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> Not just one of them. Yeah, all of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Now I know how Lori felt when they gained up on her. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then later on, I don't know, I said something later on about it. And they were like, no, we don't really think that happened. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, y'all. Y'all spent 30 minutes coming up with this whole story. Not just one time. Right. Just over and over and over again. And I'm like, I don't know what y'all talking about. Like this, not even remotely happened. Like, I can understand if it was something where maybe I went to the storage building <laughs> for something and came back out and then they kind of filled in the blanks but there's nothing there's nothing nowhere no how they could have come up with <laughs> just craziness well but here's the thing you can look this up and it depends on where you look to what what answer you get anywhere from 40 to 70 percent of your memories are not true mm-hmm. let me repeat that <laughs> it's crazy yeah we'll stick with the 40 percent okay Mm-hmm. That means almost half of your memories are not true. Well, I wonder if it's kind of those things where it's it's where you remember something, but you remember it differently. Perception. So it's not that you're fabricating memories, even though I do think that does happen, but it's that you have a memory that you, you're remembering it improperly. Even when you have something that happens, oftentimes, you know, you could see it one way and I see it other. I'm, I might see somebody running out of a store. I'm like, oh, that dude had a blue shirt on. You're like, no, he had a red shirt on, you know? And then all of a sudden now you and I both have completely different memories about what happened. Right. Have you ever ran into like an old friend and they tell this story of something you did and you're like laughing and going on and you're like, I have no idea what they're talking about. I don't remember. No, because I don't laugh. I just look at them like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, well, we went to the, you know, friend of mine's party the other week, you Mm -hmm. and I. Mm Mm-hmm. And hadn't seen this guy in, gosh, I don't know, 20-something years. And they start, not just him, but some of the other people start talking about, remember this, remember that. And most of the stuff I did remember. But there were some things I'm like, I have no idea <laughs> what they're talking about. So were their memories true or not? Who knows? I don't know. Because either I forgot that those were some things we did or that it never happened and they just filled in the blanks. Mm-hmm. Like maybe maybe they did those things with other people around and they kind of thought it was me. Well, you know what I find interesting is I don't know why I pay attention to this stuff. Maybe I pay too much attention to detail or I'm always trying to piece stuff together then something doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, your cousin said that this girl contacted him and said, do you know David about this party? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah. And she said, can you get in touch with him about the party? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then she comes up to us hour later and she said, Yeah, David's cousin said, Did you invite David? And yeah. she's like, No, I don't know who David is. He's like, Oh, well, I'll invite him. <laughs> I mean, I caught that. So <laughs> it does make you go, What? So I'm like, Who's the liar? Mm-hmm. Life is strange. Yeah. So anyway, I'm the one that notices those things. Like, I, I noticed it too, but. The funny part is when I notice that you notice because it shows in your face. It's more like a, huh? (laughs) You know, imagine this, listener land. (laughs) You know that look on your face when you're, when you squint your nose up and you're like, huh? (laughs) And you crunch one eye. Yeah, crunch one eye down and you, and you're. And you tilt your head. Yeah, that one. Huh? Exactly. That's what she does. Mm -hmm. And it just. Trips me out, you know. It's kind of like you know how you have the the puppy or the dog, and you do something to 
head turned sideways, mm-hmm. looked all crazy, and turns back the other way, looks all crazy. That's me. That's what she does. <laughs> it's it's funny though. David pays. David can tell you more about my mannerisms than I can. Yeah, because I can see your face. You can't. Yeah, but it, you made a comment one time about how I even stand. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I never noticed that. Yeah. I and I've been standing for how long? <laughs> I notice everything about you. That's because he loves me. I do. Yeah. All right. All right. So we've yapped long enough. Yep. David, tell our people what to expect. All right, folks, next week, make sure you come back. You join us live for the Nacho Kids podcast. Now, Wolfman Jack, check it out. Till next week. Bye. <laughs> All right. So, really, listen to this thing that's getting ready to talk about the Nacho Kids Academy. Have a good day, and remember, life is good. When you nacho. When you nacho, man. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.